there anyone out there? Because it's getting harder and harder to breathe. Just America's most aerobic podcast, The Pod People. I'm Omicron 420. <laughs> Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Hal 2021, formerly known as Ben Sheets. There you go. Uh, hello, and I'm your favorite Oxygenie, but you only get two wishes. Because O2. <laughs> I'm trying to put that joke back in the bottle, bitch. <laughs> Too late, it's already out. That's Cleveland. Hi, oh yeah, hello, my name is Cleveland. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started tonight. Mosier, Cleveland Mosier. <laughs> yeah, that one. I almost confused you with the Cleveland Browns. Don't. <laughs> please. Um, all right. So this evening we're going to be talking about a brand new 2021 release, the new Alexander Aja film Oxygen, uh, newly released on Netflix. Uh, longtime listeners of the show know that we are Alexander Aja fans around here. Big, we stand the king. We stand the king. <laughs> uh, big piranha 3D heads. Uh, we thought crawl was pretty okay. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. it yeah, good. crawl is crawl is not bad. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, his newest. Um, it is his first uh, French language film in a hot minute, as far as I know. Since High Tension, I um, think. Since High Tension, I think, uh, unless he's snuck some other things under the radar while we haven't been paying attention. But the film stars Melanie Laurent. And, Who is great. Uh, yeah, she's she's fantastic mm -hmm. in this movie. Uh, and it's about a woman who wakes up uh, entombed within a futuristic cryo chamber with no memory of how she got there or who she is. Our audience might know Melanie Laurent from... Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. She is uh, Shoshana. Mm -hmm. The and, cinema runner. Yes. Indeed. Uh, Projectionist. She's, she's fantastic. Uh, I haven't seen her in anything in a really long time. Um, she was in that movie Beginners a few years mm -hmm. back. Mike Mills. It was okay. Didn't see um, that. But uh, yeah, no, it's really nice to see her again. And it's nice to see her in a French movie. Yeah, and uh, she gives a hell of a performance in this one because she is acting against nobody. She's pretty much, for most of the movie, she's pretty much uh, the uh, the only real character. She interacts with an, with an AI, uh, a very Hal-esque kind of AI, who's great. Yeah, um, I, I love, love, I love the their AI. timbre. Like, they're, Milo. Yeah, they, they mm. went the more human route. Yeah. With the AI, I, and I appreciated that. Like, I, I, I like it when an AI doesn't just sound like, I am robot, I do thing. Like, this yeah. one was had a little bit more uh, nuance to it. Which Male theory. This movie is minimalistic to its core. You know, it's very in the spirit of something like Buried. Yes. Um, yeah. From, Essentially sci-fi Buried, if you yeah. wanted to. And I, yeah, uh, I haven't seen Buried. But, uh, I, I saw it a few years ago, and it's okay. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty decent. Things. It's um, pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. And it, much like Buried, you know, the biggest challenge with this movie is getting your mileage out of such a minimal single location. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And know? I think this movie, its its best feature is how it continues to surprise. Because for, like, the first 30 minutes or so, I was like, this is just sci-fi buried. Like, I wasn't having a bad time, but I'm like, this is just the exact same thing. I, like, this has been done before. And then... What I'll say, though, like, to that, like, if the movie had just stayed 
uh, as such. I think sci-fi buried is a way better like premise than buried, uh, or at least not a better premise, but at least one that I would gravitate. It's a little more bit more towards. visually interesting. Yeah, the there's a lot more going of, on of the uh, of this cryo chamber. There are things to like interact a, with a other than box. box. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think buried is a little bit more tangible because you know it's it's a little bit more down to earth. Also, literally, I, yeah, uh, down under the earth, um, but. I, I also uh, like Melanie Laurent considerably more than Ryan Reynolds, so uh, <laughs> there's that, too. Yeah. I have no hate towards the man. I but don't have any hate towards I, him, I either. I certainly prefer... But I think she's a better. I think she's a better all-around actor than he is, and gives a much more harrowing performance in this movie than he does in Buried. So. Well, and with a, a sci-fi sort of technopod, you have much more things you can do yes. using the pod than a fucking wooden cock and uh, also casket. and also she has like the she has Milo the AI to interact with, and a lot of the movie is like her sort of having to figure out the right phrasing to get Milo to do the things that she wants it to. And I think that that dynamic is also more interesting than just like Ryan Reynolds on a phone with somebody. Uh, so there's there's definitely that. I would say for our listeners, if what we've been talking about so far sounds interesting, um, this is one where I would recommend pausing the episode and going and checking out the movie. Yes, the fun of this movie is in the slow drip of reveals. Yeah, and it does some, it actually has a couple of uh, pretty interesting creative twists, I think. So I would recommend uh, checking out the movie before listening to the rest of the review. It's on Netflix. Well uh, worth it. I, I have a question for you guys. Go for it. I've been thinking about this quite a bit since we watched it. Uh, in regards to uh, Milo and kind of the AI stuff, why do cryogenic chambers have access to social media? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, we, we won't get into spoilers just yet, but like even what the pods end up being like designed for, like having such a robust AI that can just pull up social media yeah. and stuff seems like a little bit extra <laughs> well yeah like i'm trying to be careful not to spoil anything but if you're waking up in this pod you're dead or about to die yes so like having an ai in there is kind of <laughs> pointless yeah it seems a little bit moot like uh <laughs> but that being said uh i'm willing to forgive it because without it we wouldn't have a movie <laughs> yes. so there actually is some context around that i think um go for it so the ship as we learn, okay, this is super spoiler, but we've already said pot at this point. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to talk about this film at all without spoiling things. Yeah, um, sure. The pods, as we know, like in the ship, they operate like um, those plant uh, seeds that have the little wing on them, you know, that, that spiral down uh, to the planet. So they're meant to be dispersed across the planet. And the pod is, from what I understand, like all those people would have. So it isn't just their pod for cryostasis. It's their pod like for life like it's their survival pod as well which is why it has i think all those uh, extra things in it 
I mean, we don't know what else is on the ship. We we don't see much of that. So, I mean, I think that that's a fair assumption, but yeah. well, they're they also, also trying to, like, colonize they all, an alien Yeah, they planet. also mention that they need help to get you out of cryostasis. That's why your oxygen needs to be above 2%, mm-hmm. um, because you can't really do it yourself. So, like, someone's coming to the pod to assist you. So ultimately, <laughs> I mean, I think that I think the the pods having like AI to like man the process where all of these while all these people are in cryo sleep through like the journey through space makes sense. But like, it as is, long as you don't think about it, too as much. long as you don't think about it too much. But like, she is when she's trying to like figure out who she is and what's going on. Like having Milo pull up like social media and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> In space, no one can hear you tweet. <laughs> and you see, like, that's all that stuff is before we know she's in space, too. So I think that narratively, it helps serve as, like, a bit of a red herring, uh, and which which is good because she also doesn't know that she's in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, she has full-on amnesia. She doesn't know why she's in this pod, who put her here, even who she is. So, and the fact that we don't know anything else with that, it's like, we we're discovering everything as she is, which is what makes the revelation so satisfying. And uh, I, I think stuff like her checking her uh, space book uh, is uh, <laughs> uh, uh, designed to sort of like throw you off the trail. A yeah. yeah. What I'll say too point, is like she's it, still close enough to Earth to have access to that stuff. Like she, they reach the point where they're too far away, like midway through the movie, and lose like connection to earth what i'll say too is while it's a dumb idea i do agree with that like giving like cryo people like social media is, is very funny uh but um well, yeah if they're gonna what, be in cryonic stasis yeah, for the entirety but, of the space journey i will say it's dumb it's stupid i also like i find it kind of believable it's sort of a futurama kind of sort of thing to do but like look at like tvs now like everything's fucking smart you know, like they're putting like like social media Even like fridges apps and inter- are smart. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fridges, exactly. Like ice machine to run Doom. Like like there's all sorts of silly shit like going on in in that respect. Oh, I believe you it. know what? I totally believe it. I just came up with maybe the most plausible uh, in universe reason for it. Let's hear it. They have like the neural web thing that they have to wear on their heads that like stimulates different parts of their brain to prevent like atrophy of the brain. <laughs> So the stimulus is just them scrolling through Twitter. It's just showing them memes. Yeah, memes. Memes are their neural, just are their neural their stimulus brain. To, to keep their brains from atrophying, a steady drip feed of shit posting. Oh, nice. The last thing that your brain sees before you die in space is dead boy. Here he, here he is. Here come dead boy. Well, I want to double back to the very beginning of the film uh, and talk sure. about the the opening sequence because uh, the film starts with her like waking up, and at this point we know fucking nothing. And I think that that scene of her like waking up at first is terrifying. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I love the kind of cryonic sort of membrane that's yeah. covering her. We we find out later that it's like an organic self repairing cocoon, but. In the beginning, when we don't know that, like, it looks like she's been, like, wrapped in a 
fucking like garbage bag yeah like she's she's in a fucking hefty bag you know like her arms are strapped down like she's hooked up to all of these like medical monitors and ivs and stuff so i just found that opening like very unsettling it's like okay what the fuck is she waking up in like who is doing this to her because that's my initial impression is when i'm thinking of barry like oh she's been kidnapped the the amount of imagery that this this movie like lets you like run away with is amazing the way that they drip feed the information to you like is constantly encouraging you to imagine what is outside the pod and it's constantly shifting and changing and and it's such a fun game like th- this movie just is so good about deduction and and giving you like just enough to to play with that information and and let you um like really like let your mind go wild. So often these days, like movies get that wrong. They play like that all or none game with the expedition, or they play the pronoun game that I hate. And here, like it's all like really well laid out, and each piece of information is given to you not just at the right time to conjure that imagery, but also realistically like when you would feel like she would come across this information knowing the circumstances Mm -hmm. so and that that's so hard to do it's so hard to to set up that that pacing of of data to the viewer like it takes such self-awareness you know like pacing of the data to the viewer in a way that also feels organic in the world now when you're in a cryopod you have a lot of control over that in the environment sure but even still like yeah it's a feat it it really is a raw feat of writing it's the cornerstone of the movie right because since she's stuck in the pod all you have are exposition and info dumps to kind of build tension and to do that you have to inject continual twists and reveals and i think that this movie does that very well i mean i think compared to something like buried where you know he's in sort of a coffin you know he's underground you know whereas with the the chamber you don't know whether she's in a hospital right. or in a warehouse or some government lab yeah. or if it's like some like crazy ex, you know, like someone who's getting revenge. That's what I was thinking for a long while during the movie. And they entertain multiple of those ideas oh, in very interesting ways. Yeah, yeah. We get some sort of like vague context through these like flashes of memory that she has that in the moment I thought were kind of corny but end up being like more important to the story than I initially sort of realized and I think that that stuff is actually really good because like it gives you the right kind of breadcrumbs to like sort of try to figure out what's going on along with her like we see her we we keep seeing like memories of of like going through a hospital like being on a gurney so it's like okay so she was at a hospital and they've put her in cryonic stasis but where and why and who and and who right so you know i i was thinking something along the lines of and i'm kind of jaded by like modern horror cinema but i was i was thinking that this was something uh along the lines of like escape room or or something you know where she's been like kidnapped for some uh sick billionaires uh like weird uh entertainment you know uh i honestly 
going into this, did not realize how much of the movie, basically the entire thing, uh, takes place inside the pod. I actually thought she was going to, like, get out of it at some point. Mm. It was going to be in some, like, larger environment where, like, her oxygen levels were still depleting and she had to, like, maybe get to somewhere to, like, get a little bit of oxygen before moving on. Yeah, I was thinking um, the exact same thing. I was, like, I was like expecting she was this to pop be, out and be somewhere. I was expecting this to be much more uh, in the vein of Cube than Buried. Um, but I, I didn't hate, I don't well, hate that it's not. Well, see, and that's, that's a huge positive, right? Going into a film knowing it's a one location film can set your expectations very differently than going into a film just expecting like sci-fi cube or whatever, you know, like, like yeah. there is, uh, I mean, cube's already sci-fi, but you know what I mean? Like a sci-fi like cube. So for, for us, did, Ben, did you know going in? Vaguely, loosely, you know, yeah. we we knew the log line when we talked about it yeah. in predictions, but Nothing I haven't heard it's anything. Since so, that. so for the most part, all of us like went into this film, uh, like thinking that there were going to be like multiple sets, and uh, it was going to be like more uh, elaborate's the wrong word, but diverse in location. Yeah, I thought she was going to get out of the pod and then meet other people, and then they would have to like try to get out of wherever they were, and, and so on and so forth. For all three of us to like have that like surprise dropped on us that nope, the whole movie is in one spot and it's a tiny one. <laughs> like for all three of us to like be met with that and to be like entertained and happy throughout the whole movie like that that revelation is never was never a problem for me again kudos to the movie like that that's that's hard to do yeah well i didn't even realize this movie was like sci-fi sci-fi no until about halfway through really you know like first half of it you know you have the pod but that's like soft sci-fi where it's like futuristic but it's not like space Right. (laughs) No, I agree. I was like, okay, so this is in the future. Like, this is more advanced AI. Like, the technology looks, you know, vaguely near future. Um, But then when the revelation is like, oh, she's in space because she's part of a mission to uh, colonize an alien planet because earth is dying of a pandemic yeah this is my shit like this is this is like so my shit because you have like science fiction that is actually like built around science and uh it, it is it is geared towards that this is much closer to to like hard science fiction we're not dealing with like really grandiose concepts you know like machines that have like whole atmospheres in them or anything like that what we're dealing with is something much closer to this reality and so we're always able to play with the science and the science is just a little further along than we are right now and and so we get to you know we really get to to build off of that largely with realism and approach it intellectually as opposed to sci-fi big space castles think, with you know weird dog people and shit like none of that none of that like it's it's all really grounded and and just built around the 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 mystery i think like the core story is yes i think that a lot of the larger sci-fi concepts it sort of asks you to accept without thinking too much about uh, in that way, I don't think it's really hard sci-fi, but, like, the the actual, like, minute-to-minute story of her trying to, like, figure out who she is and escape from this pod and not asphyxiate is very grounded. Yeah. So, like, in that sense, I think you're right. Like, the big circular ship and the pods that, like, spin like leaves and shit and, and well, the the... The biggest revelation, uh, which maybe I won't spoil now, we can talk about later, but, like, all of that kind of just, like, yeah, they they figure out how to do it, just accept it, don't think about it. 
But that's okay. I don't well, care. See, I don't fucking care. Here was my thought, actually. Because so much of our story has to be delivered through dialogue exposition, that's a tricky line to walk. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff that is our periphery, the world stuff, the plague, whatnot, like, all of that, I felt, was given, like, just enough. Here's the thing. You don't want them to just write it off. But you also, you don't want the opposite either. You don't want them to, like, go into a super long explanation with, like, a whole graph and chart and talk and talk to you about, like, oh, well, these are the signs of the plague and this happened and this happened and the world governments did all these things. And, like, like you don't want them dumping you with a ton of lore while you're, like, literally, like, trapped in this little yeah, case they don't, either. Yeah, they don't bother like, to— I thought it was, like, just—they really, like, played the line where it's, like, there's just enough thought in, put into it. They put—they give you a little bit of science with the world plague stuff. They give you, like, just enough— Mm-hmm. For there to be like some viability, and for you to like just take it in and accept it, and well, that's move what on. I'm saying. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They don't waste time explaining the science of everything they present you with in this movie. For it, the most part, they don't. Yeah. It's not. It's not like a Neil Stevenson novel. It's not like exhaustive pages. You know, it's a little of, fat on the meat. They're like, okay, it's sci-fi. You accept that it's sci-fi, and there's certain things that you just accept because. They're needed for the story. That, all I'm saying is that, like, in that regard, I don't think it's really hard sci-fi. But also, it's not really what it's about. So yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I think it works best when it's kind of a pulpy ride. Yes. I think there are a few moments where they try to explain elements a little too much and are lesser because of them. Mm. One very late reveal in particular that I don't know if I want to spoil We'll save that because I think you and I are, ta- are yeah. thinking about the same thing. But we'll we'll get to that. They, a later. they yeah they they go a little too far into that, and I think it's to the movie's detriment a little bit. But yeah, overall, like this movie works best as kind of a a pulpy thriller in a lot of yeah. ways. Well, and also like our protagonist Liz. She doesn't have time for superfluous information. You know, everything she's trying to find out, all the, like, everything she's asking, like, she needs answers quick. She needs pertinent information immediately because the oxygen in the pod is depleting and she's running out of time. Yeah. So it's like there's not time for extended world building exposition, which I think is fine. I like it to be a little bit more of a mystery. I'll take it over sunshine. Oh, I like sunshine. I li- oh, I like sunshine too. But I like 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 sunshine the the way that sunshine does it. I'll, sunshine, oh, I, I, I sunshine gets this. head ass. Sunshine gets head ass. But I'm a sucker for sunshine. Yeah. I like Danny Boyle. Alex Garland wrote it. Uh, it's all things that I like. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not perfect, but uh, yeah, it's a good it movie. Fun. But no, just 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 the point where it's like the the sun is dying. Oh, well, wait, like how far are we into humanity's future? Like that's a big thing to write off. Like that's a big bit of exposition oh, to write off, important. and it's the premise it's the premise it's not, it's not important <laughs> the movie's called sun- sunshine yeah but it's not about it's about them trying to stop the sun from dying why the sun is dying isn't important it's the journey yeah it's about the character yeah. oh i'll agree and like it's it's why well, i about, do i do also like the movie but I, it's I, about I, the sp- it's about the sun madness I'm, I'm just giving o2 a little bit more i'm just saying o2 I, is less head-ass than sunshine i will yeah. absolutely for the most part yes yeah. uh o2 is absolutely less head-ass but than i think i think it's still pulpy to its core as i would expect any asha hmm. movie to yeah. be you know like <laughs> the, the pods floating down important to note he did kind he, of he did not write this yeah um so like it has it has some pulpiness like i think in in the direction and the way that the story presents itself but i think the script is pretty tight overall 
yeah, relatively for the most so. part. I, um, I, I think that the, the pods are really fucking cool. Well, and, yes, yes. It's uh, it's a it's a sort of pulpy fun where don't overthink it. Well, Again, I mean, it's like like it is it is based off of like you know like a like a biological like reality. You know, like there is there's precedent for like the, the aerodynamism or whatever of like the, sure the, the, pods the, the, and the stuff. concept. But then like the because like we find out her husband designed that idea. But you get like these these uh, flashbacks or these snippets of memory of him like. With a with oh, like I a VR those. thing, See, like with a glove, like spinning uh, a, uh, a, a hologram hollow, yeah. of the of the seed pods. That's the pulpy stuff. Like yeah. the, the concept exactly. is the concept is like okay, that's, it's a cool sci fi premise. Yeah. Like I mean, we're taking working something on that from, tech, and like that is yeah. like the best way to design things. Like I'm 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 fucking ready. It's for just those. the way it's just the way it's presented that's pulpy in the movie. Yeah, okay. like that that scene, uh, especially because like. The first time we see that, we have no idea who this man that she's, like, having visions of is, and we have no context for these stuff. It's just, like, she closes her eyes and we just see, like, this kind of derpy-looking dude, like, slowly rotating, like, a hologram of, like, uh, of, like, what at that point just looks like a leaf. And it's like... Okay, what the, what's going on? Here? I thought it was a cool design. Like they flush, the it, they flush it out later. Like, like it, it, it has it has context, but uh, I do think it's it's a little it's a little silly. Yeah, and there's nothing bad with having silly concepts. That's not a problem. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It's like you know, da, da Vinci would do studies of nature like that and compare them to like mechanical things. And I so I, I thought you're, it was cool. you're getting you're getting hung up on the concept itself and not the presentation. It's not the technology. Yeah. It's not the study. It is the way that the film is showing it to us that is funny the way the, the way the shot is constructed the way it's edited the way it's inserted into the scene that is what is pulpy yeah the, the, not the, that the, he's studying a leaf to make a cool sci-fi I, pod thing I'm, I'm just saying i didn't think I, I didn't find it pulpy i thought it was cool and fun okay that's fine yeah that's well pulpy is cool, pulpy and, is cool fun. and fun yeah <laughs> This isn't a this isn't a critique. This is just a, an establishment of a certain kind of tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like believable and grounded. This is how I felt about it. But okay, yeah. let's talk about the the phone calls a little bit. Mm. Yeah, because lot, that is bit. definitely a crux of this film. Yes, and much like Buried, she does spend a lot of time on the phone. Yeah, it's where a lot of the tension is built off mm. of. What did you guys think of uh, kind of the the drip feed of information with those? I actually really liked that because, like, she gets the police on the phone first, which is, like, what you would do if you woke up, you know, trapped somewhere, you know, so that feels, that feels realistic, and, you know, like, she, she's like, I don't know where I am, she figures out her name from social media, who she is, um, and the police say, like, oh, well, we're, we're at, we're going to the company that creates the the cryopod and we're going to get you the access codes the the admin codes so you can take administrative control over Milo and open the pod to let you out but then we find out that they're that the cops are like lying to her uh which is the reveal that I that I really liked yeah because 
At that point, we have very little other context. Like, she hears the cop talking to somebody in the background and has, yeah, and has Milo, like, enhance the the audio. And, you know, they're, they're telling her, like, you don't have a husband, you know, even though she has memories of her husband, like, he doesn't exist, you've never been married, all of this stuff. It's like, you're just imagining things, you're hallucinating. It's high stress. And then she enhances the audio and here's somebody in the background like tell her she's seeing things tell her she's imagining things it's like okay why are the cops lying to her like aren't they trying to get her out what i really loved about that too was um the uh how they they play that up with unreliable narrator mm-hmm. and they give you just enough time to think uh-oh she's hallucinating she's running low on oxygen unreliable narrator and right at that moment you know like that's when that epiphany you know comes comes through and the cool thing about it is the first time she has them play it back you don't hear anything, and there's a really cool turn there. You you stop, you think, oh, fuck, unreliable narrator shit. And I was a little bummed out in that moment. I was like, oh, fucking hell. Like, I was bummed out for her, and I was also, like, bummed out for, like, the that direction because unreliable narrator can be, like, a really, like, easy way to, like, play up, and, like, it could be a bit of, like, a uh, an excuse and a way to get out of certain, certain things and to play up fake tension. So when she then enhances it again and hears it, yeah. It was so gratifying. I loved that. It confirms like all biases. It, it confirms a lot of cool things. Yeah, I adored that. Also, like it just from then on out, it assured us that it wasn't going to fuck around with that too much. Yeah. Like and when it does, it's it's done very like directly, like with the rats, you know, like like that's the only other time they really play up unreliable narrator. And she's aware of it at that point, too, yeah. which is fucking good like that's that's the right way to do it i i didn't love the hallucinations of the rats in the pod i didn't hate it either it it, it wasn't overdone and that that moment there needed to be a play up intention that felt a little bit i it it felt like it was used for like jump scare almost because like well played into the theme the first one well, I mean, yeah, she we uh, another of the the sort of like uh, images that we continue to see is like a rat in a maze. Like, what's the rat doing in the maze? She's a rat in a maze, except not a maze. It's just a, it's, she's a, she's a rat in the maze of her mind. Despite um, all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a maze. maze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say like uh, the unreliable narrator stuff with the rats especially is played up as she's losing oxygen and like in that respect i gave it a pass because that feels right Mm -hmm. in terms of narrative she she probably would start in addition to that we get these really disturbing shots of her imagining herself asphyxiating yes uh multiple times throughout the movie and i thought that shot was really horrifying how they're paired with like her early studies as a scientist like in her flashbacks of like experimenting on rats and like the weird like bloated rat corpses and the rest like that was cool and like yeah her like tying that into her to me like i i love that theme i I love how it was played up into like playing up that jump scare i loved it also because it was all practical like that was her legs covered in like just a fuckload of rats yeah sure like very um nosferatu like it reminded me of like all the all the practical rats in nosferatu yeah i i like all of the the sort of like vague uh surreal images that she like imagines or or remembers rather it's just like where they're they've literally threw rats in there that i was like eh, okay it wasn't a big problem, though. I, I That's something that I can easily brush past. Sure. Um, Preference. 
Yeah. I I also like how she she sort of go back to the phone calls. She finds a uh a phone number for uh her husband um whose name, you know, she she finds on on Facebook. Uh <laughs> and um and calls and uh cuz she's like, "Oh, well my husband will know what's going on. He'll he'll be able to help." And another woman answers the phone and like hangs up and you know, she keeps trying to call over and over again, just keeps hanging up, keeps hanging up, keeps hanging up. It's like, "Well, what the fuck is going on here?" And then the fact that that woman calls her back eventually, and that's when we get the revelation that, like, she is in space. She's like, look, I have the admin codes, and I can give them to you, but, like, I'm trying to help you get back into, like, hypersleep, into cryosleep, because um, you're going to die otherwise. Like, I can give you the codes to open the pod, but it's not going to do you any good. And I love how they do that reveal, too, because she's like, fine, I'll give you the codes, go into the settings, do this, do this, and and turn this setting from one to zero, and then you'll see why you can't exit the pod and when she does like the gravity goes away and that's when we that that's like the first reveal that she's in space and i thought that was awesome yeah because i at that point in the film had no idea that she was in space honestly that concept did not even cross my mind so when she turns that setting off and everything in the pod starts floating it's like oh shit she in space. <laughs> so uh, that was a uh, a very good reveal, I thought. Yeah. Um, kind of... Uh, and to be so far in the movie, too. Kind of funny that the woman on the phone didn't just uh, tell her how to turn off the setting to, like, open up the window to be able to see out. But I know for the movie they couldn't do that because it would have revealed too much too soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that, that, like, that gave you that, that surprise and that yeah. feeling. Like, for mm-hmm. me, like, I was starting to smell that when she was talking about, like, you don't want to open the pod. And it was like, oh, it's an airlock. Like, uh-oh. I see. I, still, like, I thought she was underground. I yeah. was still in buried mode. Oh yeah, yeah. And you don't so, open it like, because you'll get buried forever. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair. Like, so like I, I, I don't know. Like the film did a good enough job. I probably should have glommed onto it at some point because it's sci-fi. But like, I was still so in buried mode that I'm like, she's underground, or you know, she's she's somewhere where she can't where she can't get out. That's why she can't open the pod. Um, Do you want to hear my theory? Yeah. Okay. So up until around then, this is what was what was or for a long time. I had kind of uh, stepped away from that idea by, by that point. But for a, a huge portion of the film, I was thinking that and I'm so glad it wasn't this too because I saw it coming. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want that. You don't want that in this kind of movie, right? You don't want to predict it fully, at least. But my, what I thought was happening is she was a scientist who had gen, uh, like engineered these sorts of cryopods for whatever reason, right? And that someone. Maybe uh, uh, someone used them or someone had a loved one who died in one for some reason. And they were getting yeah, they revenge on it. her, yeah. you know, to be like, this is how it feels. You know, like, you know, they woke up and no one saved them or whatever. And, and that Milo yeah. was the person and that Milo was the person like was, was it was a human yeah who was pretending AI. to be an AI oh that <laughs> that's what actually, I was thinking. That would actually have been a fun twist. It would have been. It would have been. I hated that. But it's uh, a diff- very different movie. Yeah, from what which, this is, which but. is one of the reasons I really liked like how how much 
personality, just the right amount of personality Milo had, because it could have been a person faking an AI. And I, yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Well, but like, oh yeah, Milo is like, it's actually a person. And they, they're like, they're like fucking with her. Like that would be fucking yeah. cool. They played that up a little bit by showing like the news story about how she did unethical testing and yes. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, for a, quick minute there in the movie i thought it was some sort of revenge thing yeah you know especially when we find out that pod had been decommissioned or out of service or whatever right and like you were talking about pulp i think any of those uh would have been extremely pulpy options because they would have ended with like some sort of like larger villain that would have been like it would would have been snidely whiplash yeah yeah yeah, very vincent Uh, pricey like uh either a person whether it's like a person getting revenge or it's a wayland-esque lab you know like performing um like experiments on her to see like oh how do they operate under stress and oh that was my other theory is that she was a clone and that like her original self, her non-clone self was doing experiments on her to find things out of her because like it was more ethical if it's if it's herself going through the, mm-hmm. the suffering or whatever, you know, like something like that. And the big reveal was that she was going to be the villain or whatever, or that there was just an ambient evil lab and that she was like being tested yeah. on like a like a rat in a maze. See, yeah, see, that's what I thought. I thought it was she was either being like tested or it was like an escape room evil billionaire mm-hmm. elon musk type right. billionaire that's like <laughs> uh kidnapping people and putting them through these twisted games like for his own amusement but uh your your theory was half right, half right. yeah uh, i guess we can get into that now like the 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 other big reveal of the film um which i also liked is that she is a clone and that her real research was not just on cryonics, but on uh, figuring out how to basically recreate memories from, you know, somebody else. And they talk about, like, using, like, chemical stimulants to basically create memories and how they could clone a rat and do chemical stimulus on it to make it have the memories of another rat that had solved a maze and the one rat would be able to solve it. This is what I was talking about when I think they explained that a little too much. I think some of that is kind of implied. I think that that, I think that it's actually... I think they did just the right amount because it's not much more than what you just said there. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's about it, and then we're on to the next thing. If yeah. they had gone farther with mm-hmm. it, um, and how they explain it too is 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 like relatively scientific. Also, they talk about like how like it is like based on like neural stimulation yeah. and whatnot, and then again on to the next thing. So it's like if you could figure out how to replicate the exact neural and chemical stimulation, like electrochemical stimulation that creates memories, then you can implant the same memory memories into my problem with it was how direct she was with it you know she was at like a conference like specifically just exposition info dumping us yeah you know whereas like a lot of those elements were already implied in the movie as kind of a slow reveal there there maybe could have been a more organic way to go about it but yeah like she finds a video of her herself you know giving us a, a lecture and like that feels realistic enough in that like scientific lectures like that are a thing and she's part of a project to like save humanity That's where you from, go to get like, that data planet so like it makes sense that she found the the info there but yeah it 
for the purpose of the story, like it is just an exposition dump and it's like, okay, tell us what we need to know and then move on. Um, the, the revelation that the, the woman that she talked to on the phone who gave her the admin codes was just herself, which is why when she called her husband's number, another woman answered, it was just her, but old. Yeah. Which is Um, great. I, I, I liked that. One thing that did, that did bother me this is a very, very nitpicky thing. They said that she has been in cryo sleep for 12 years. And we see when she finally uh-huh. figures out how to like depolarize like the window and see out of the pod, like Earth is right there. Like we see the ship like just making its way past the moon at, like, the end, before it, like, jumps into uh, hyperdrive or whatever. And so, like, the revelation that, like, she herself has never existed outside of the pod, that, like, her entire existence, because she asks Milo, like, how old is Omicron 267? Uh, it's like, oh, 12 years old. So, like, that that concept is interesting, but, like, she's been in the pod for 12 years, and it's taken them... 12 years to get the ship from earth to the moon like it's supposed to be the, it's supposed this. to be the future and it takes like we figured that shit out in the 60s i'm i have a couple of thoughts on this I, I feel like there was something i might have missed or there was some piece of context because i i have i have a similar feeling and i've been thinking about this a little bit first off i don't think that they don't start growing you on the ship and that the majority of that time was on earth where she was grown and and then the mission had just recently started. See, I thought about that too, but if you miss something, then I also missed it. Or they just didn't say it. No, they very much brush it off. You yeah. Know? And I, so I, I was seeing that too, and I, I think that that makes the most logical sense. Yeah. But the movie should clarify that a little bit more with just a single fucking line of dialogue. That's all it needs. Because the way that the movie presents it is that it has taken 12 years for the ship to get from the Earth to the moon. Yeah. That's the way the film presents it. I wonder, it. yeah, if it was like lost in translation in some respect. I, I don't, it's I don't possible. know. And, and, and like I said, it's a super nitpicky thing it doesn't really matter but it did give me pause multiple times in the movie yeah well it's like um yeah looking out and still seeing earth that was earth right definitely yeah definitely definitely. Earth. okay yeah. like and uh like just passing the moon and it was like yeah like what and, and like with the with the the distance on the signal like i was I was yeah, because they're to still close enough out. to Earth, and they said when she asked, when she find out, found out she was in space, she's like, she asked Milo, "How far away from Earth am I?" And it's forty nine thousand miles, um, which is yeah, so like definitely still within the distance between the Earth to the Moon. Yeah, and my my assumption <laughs> was, you know, they have like the nuclear propulsion system to mm-hmm. kind of bring them all the way there but they don't use it for that long because they're growing them in the pods yeah maybe but like but at that point why don't you just fucking grow them on earth and just nuke them out you know once uh because we see like done. a shot of them being like sealed up in the pods fully grown we see that like there's a shot of that or is it not a flashback it might be on the social media maybe i don't we remember do. that i don't remember uh, that that's either. a shot it is a shot in the movie Anyway, the point is that they're they're very vague about that, and uh, it feels—I mean, obviously they still have to be close enough to 
the earth so like she can get in touch with the police and so we can have all of these misdirections and stuff at the beginning um but why settle on like 12 years you could literally make it any amount of time like how wild would it have been if she had asked how old she was and milo was like six weeks you know like brand new the 12 years thing is Mm -hmm. is just like also it takes a long time to build a ship like that if you're building it in space Looking at the you design, have build, you have to build. They built it in space. space. Yeah, yeah. To. and when again, too, like the the debris that would make sense, you know, like at that orbit. But the fact is that she says that she has never existed outside of the pod. She has been in cryo sleep for twelve years, and she is twelve years old. So, like, whether they were building the ship or whatever, she has been in the pod for twelve years. But after twelve years, they're just making it to the moon. So it's like that's that's the the kind of like weird discrepancy, and I feel like we're spending too yeah. much time. And it's a matter of like, yeah, like, are, are, like this one little are they? Thing. Yeah, is it that they're right past? It? No, no, no. I, I, it's but not it, a it's not a nitpick though. Like I, I do I do agree. I, I I'm, I'm with you on this. It's I'm a just minor, to it's a minor detail, it. but it did bother yeah, like, me. Like, and it's just I think part of it again was like with that, with the context we had at the time, and I'm just trying to I'm trying to get to the bottom of it because I I don't know yet, and I, I feel like I need to watch the movie again to be like certain about this, but uh, or to. to feel really confident about these these things i but think it's just a, a little bit like of if, if it writing. just yeah it's just it's by the moon you know and it wasn't yeah. like it was just passing the moon hard to but like also there was the the connection thing i like they were just sending the ship out when was the debris like yeah there there are a few factors like it would have been it would have been cool to get a little bit more on but like also i like i like that we weren't like really ever like dumped with exposition we were there were times where we were dropped with exposition yeah. but not dumped but like i said like the 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 discrepancy is the 12 years. Like, if you wanted to make it more believable, just pick a different number. You know, say she's only a few weeks old or, hell, a few days old. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm only I'm only six days old, but I have the but I have the memories of, you know, 40 years or whatever. Well, when it comes to cloning, like, I, I think the 12 years is more believable. Like, it takes a long time to grow that much meat. You know, to like maturate and like develop like a like. Why a it only takes person. nine months to make a baby? No, but like in in cloning and shit, like they, it still has to like grow up. You know, like at a, at a like a like a relative pace. It's like accelerated to a certain degree, but like there is still like that much time that would like vi- like I think viably be needed. Like there's 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 some cool realism to that. I think. Yeah, I and I mean narratively, like I think it's utilitarian in that like. 12 years is enough time for there to be confusion on the other side of the phone calls. Sure. And yeah. stuff like that. Whereas, like, if it was days or weeks well, out... It's too long of a time to just be getting to the moon. Yeah. I uh, I, I, I have a problem with it. They shouldn't have... Sh- all that they should have done is just not shown the moon or Earth in yeah. those shots, and it would have yeah. been fine. Yeah. 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 Like, they could have said, you're a fucking uh, 10 light years away from Earth, and it's sci-fi so we have faster than light communication so you can still mm-hmm. talk to earth even though you're like how that, well that might no have been... but see in science fiction like if we're trying to like apply some realism to that like like when it comes to, like the mars rover right now for instance like they have to do like all the command inputs like like a good while in advance in some cases like way way in advance like before it even got there yeah, and but because if, like because of the signal delay but they have but in this universe they have technology to send a spaceship full of 10,000 people like however many light years away we see the ship jump into star wars hyperspace like they have the technology to do that 
So if they have the technology to make matter travel faster than light, then there's no reason that they wouldn't be able to do the same for radio waves if we're really going to get nitpicky with it. I want to talk about this planet that they drop on really quickly because it feels like a very bleak existence. Yes. In that it's essentially a ring of livable area where it doesn't the planet doesn't rotate yeah so one side is constantly facing the sun the other side is constantly facing space so the sun facing side is too hot to live on and the space facing side is too cold to live on so there's just like a a band of of twilight that is livable which is a fucking star wars young jedi knights concept i remember (laughs) really yeah, I remember in fourth grade reading one of the Star Wars Young Jedi Knights books, and they go to a planet that is exactly that. One half is too hot, the other half is too cold. So they have to do the things on just like the the little band where it's like, uh, it's in between day and night. Um, God, the atmosphere layer on that planet would be so fucked. Fucked, absolutely yeah. fucked. Not livable, not, miserable, not feasible. Miserable, yeah. miserable, miserable. <laughs> it's funny, it's like, that. that's the planet they decided to bank on. It's like, yep, that's where humanity is going to live. Well, I do I do like that. It's cool, though. The, it's whatever. Uh, it, it's likely the only option. Probably, yeah, As we search the stars, that seems to be, like, more of the reality for, like, how close you could get to, uh, like, uh, another, like, livable planet. And the likelihoods of it are not not great. Like, it's not uh, ideal, but it's better than everyone dying of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, to conclude that stuff, one of the big tools this movie uses is a ticking clock in yes, the oxygen. the oxygen. Meter. Hence why and, it's called oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think... It works superbly well to ramp up tension throughout the movie because Mm -hmm. it's constantly counting down and you feel that impending doom just getting closer and closer. And it makes like it makes like big leaps, too, because she's losing time like it goes. It'll go from like 30 percent down to 20 percent in the span of a couple of seconds. And then she'll ask Milo. It's like, no, it's been like 17 minutes and that's another great example of unreliable narrator Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. done more subtly but i think going to where it concludes is you know she knows that if she wants to get back into cryosleep she has to have at least two percent of oxygen left right they can't resuscitate her um so we see it ticking down towards two percent as she gets closer and closer yep there's that reveal, right? She has uh, to divert uh, the the puzzle that she has to solve is she has to divert power away from less important systems to be able to power like whatever system was broken that like caused her to wake up in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I thought um, a lesser film or a different film might um, play up. Uh, that theme more sort of like what you were talking about earlier with her getting out of the pod and still trying to like you know go Mm -hmm. from place to place getting oxygen or her finding other means within the pod to do so and I I like how that's really only towards the very end that we get that Uh, oh oh, another factor too is uh, I'm glad they didn't play up was her uh, taking physical like personal means to try and reduce her oxygen she is way too busy freaking out about everything to do that and yeah, i, I like yeah. that for me it, it it just barely it really played the line with her like panicking 
um, and using up her oxygen and believability there. Uh, yeah. I think any more for me would have been too much. Like I would have been like, oh, come on, stop like screaming and shouting. You're you're using up all your oxygen. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and, but but it never it never got there for me. Like every time like she has you know, something like that is going on. It felt very believable again yeah. her, she's oxygen starved too like she's not she's trying to think as clearly and as a she couple can of times she, she has, has like you know, she has like full-on panic attacks where she like realizes like ah shit i'm probably not gonna get out of here she has a, a few a few times where she's like faced with her her own death in like a really meaningful way and then like right at the last instant uh, decides to continue to try to find mm-hmm. a way out. I like when she asks Milo, like how long once oxygen reaches zero, will it take me to die? And he's like three minutes. It's like, okay, how long will it take me to die? If I just open the pod into space, it's like, Oh, only nine to 12 seconds, but it'll be nine to 12 seconds of intense pain. So it's like, okay, so am I going to spend three minutes asphyxiating to death or I'm going to take a much faster but inevitably more painful death? And she does ask him, ask Milo to open the pod and then cancels the countdown right as he's about to open. It's like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not done yet. I'm not giving up yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really like that. Yeah, that was great. It was, yeah, like so well done. Because also like that is... That is not the way you want to die. Like, yeah. it, it's it, it possibly one of the worst. Like, because your blood boils and your skin freezes. Like, like being, ex- yeah, and your yeah. eyeballs burst. Like, uh, it be, being, like, exposed to space, like, and, like, the decompression there is, is, is honestly, is such nightmare fuel. And, like, not a lot of films have, like, portrayed it accurately and the the reality is so much more horrifying than speaking how it's of sunshine portrayed. sunshine does mm-hmm. that very well you, you know what else does it really well magic school bus <laughs> dude like when arnold like takes off his helmet to like to get back at the others no, then his head just turns into a block of ice and his eyes go red it. dude it scared no, the shit his, out of me when i was a kid eyes, man his eyes still have it, it turns into a block of ice and the block of ice is still wearing glasses you know is it I don't it's know, fine it i thought it was his die. eyes exploding i don't no, know well that's because no, miss frizzle has like magic abilities eyes don't explode <laughs> it's implied it's implied i don't know i no, always thought that i was terrified man I mean, total recall on the other hand oh okay yeah, that actually, total, total recall recalls. they do it really well total recall that. does it well Maybe, well almost cartoonishly like I, I love I love total recall total I watched recall it again recently I, I, those, those effects when like Arnold's face is like his eyes are bugging out or, like it's like Looney Tunes <laughs> yeah, shit I love it we gotta like, we, yeah we can awesome, cover awesome. that yeah, 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 fuck yeah. Total really do it it's yeah. not a horror movie but oh it's a can, horror movie it's psychological like there's you know like the what the yeah there's some some fun I'm acquiescing but it's not a horror movie. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, I, I love I love all of those elements. Uh, yeah, and that revelation was great. It, it came at the right time where she thought to herself, like, oh, wait, the other pods. Because I was, I was thinking it too. Like, yeah. and it, it presents it to you. Um, like, there, there are a number of moments where, like, I might have had the revelation, like, right before she does. And I always found that to be gratifying. You know, like, because that can, that's not a bad thing. Like I was saying earlier, like, you don't want it to go in the direction you, you predict. Mm-hmm. You don't, especially like, like long term. But it also, it's totally fine and great when you get it, like, right before the protagonist does. 
because you you get a lot of satisfaction in seeing the protagonist yeah. arrive at the same spot, like right around the same time you do. Well, that's and yeah, really good, really good in that, that respect. That's what I love about the movie is ultimately by the by the end, it's like Milo is not an antagonistic force. Milo is just a computer, and computers no matter how much we like to think they are smart, are stupid. Everything that a computer does has to be programmed by a person. You have to teach a computer how to do these things. And by the end, what it comes down to is that she was just not telling the computer to do the right things. Yeah. Like, that. that is... Like her own ignorance ends up being the villain of the film because at the end it's like, okay, she dips below 2% oxygen. It's like, okay, there's no way she'll be resuscitated. And at that instant, she's like, wait, what about from all of the other pods that failed? An asteroid hit the ship. That's why, that's what, you know, messed up some of the pods and what woke her up. She's like, what about all of the other pods that are broken? Is anybody else alive? No. Okay, can you transfer oxygen to my pod from those pods? Oh, yeah, I totally can. It'll take 14,000 minutes. Oh, shit, I'm gonna die. Do you want to go into hypersleep while I spend 14,000 minutes transferring oxygen so you can be resuscitated? Yeah, okay, cool. That's it. <laughs> roll so, credits. Roll credit. Like, and, and, that's, and that's like, it's, it's so good for that. Like, it's so much better than a, like than a snidely have, whiplash villain or anything have, else. She could have done that from the beginning. She just didn't know no. to. I, like, have, the ignorance is the villain in this movie. Yeah. And and our, we're, uh, we're set up with our own, like, expectations that the movie, like, projects onto us. Like, again, HAL 9000, like you were saying earlier. Like, like we we just, uh, we're just brought up to think, like, oh, yep, this is going to be AI. Yeah. It's an evil AI, like, it, well, he it's, tries it's to, the villain. he tries to euthanize her at one point when it's like, there's 0% chance of survival administering euthanasia. <laughs> and it's like, he's pr- just programmed to do that. And, and it's again, not, too, like, like, it's not what, like the robot trying to kill her. It's just uh, like, if there's a 0% chance of survival, take the nice, easy way out be euthanized which which also like we see her come to the point where she wishes that she hadn't disabled that function like we see her like realize like oh i now either get to suffocate or be thrown out into space so even like the euthanasia thing like it's kind of humane like like the fact the feature there it's not because you're also like giving an ai that's like dumb as rocks like like the the power to do that that and but very excellent, yeah. like very believable, and well, and that it's scene great. is that scene is one of the better scenes of tension too, because at the very beginning she pulls the the IV out of her arm, which is lodged great body way horror. up in there. Great body horror, yeah. And you know when it says it's going to euthanize her, she's like, "Oh well, you can't. I already took the IV out." It's like, "Nope, there's a second one. <laughs> Euthanasia is administered through uh, IV unit number two. And she looks down and sees a needle between her. Toes, and she has to like fit, like squirm all the way down in time to like try to pull the needle out from between her toes so she doesn't get euthanized. All the while, we see the drug like going through the tube, getting closer and closer to I like that. fucking Windex. Yeah, <laughs> just like bright blue, some chemical that's yeah, they're just gonna inject her with Windex and then uh, and and kill her. I will say, going back to the the reusing like. Uh, processors from dead clones. Yeah. Right before that, I was thinking she would have to have face like a moral dilemma trying to take 
live passengers oxygens especially since they're clones like the moral area for that is much more gray the trolley problem yeah and uh the fact that they didn't do that i guess is okay but at the same time it posed the question like if the ai could do this why didn't they just program that in Because humans are fallible and they didn't think to program it. They didn't expect that the ship would be struck by an asteroid and that 400 of the 10,000 pods would fail or whatever. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just oversight. And that's why I like it so much. It's like the solution was extremely simple from the beginning. Just reroute the oxygen and go back into hypersleep. But she didn't know she had to do that. The whole journey was figuring out that she had to do that. She could have done it from the beginning if she'd had better knowledge. So, like, the I there's there's something really satisfying yeah. to me about, well, like... She had that oh, knowledge man. the whole time. Yeah. She just had to unlock the globules of knowledge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> She had to unlock the 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 mind palace. Uh yeah. But um I I will say that the very, very end, I think we get a little bit more of that pulp you were talking about with like the last shot yeah. of uh of the film of them on the their new planet with her and the, the clone of her husband. Oh, she's uh, earned it at that point. Yeah, she's earned it. Uh, she, she's earned a little like like a a, a happy rainbow like yeah. by then. I, I was I was very happy. It's also nice too, like it depends on the movie, of course, and there are plenty of great horror movies with dour endings but i i do love a happy ending in a horror yeah, movie yeah no she's been through such it's a bad nice. she's it's been nice through such a arc. bad time at this point we've been along with her for such a bad time that like uh to to see that everything does end up working out okay in the end is uh is fine i don't mm. mind it nice. the fact that they keep it short and sweet is is what saves it any more than what they did and i think it would have been too much but it's like okay we get to see the planet she's reunited with her with her husband who you know died of covid and on earth but was uh you know cloned just like she was you know, it's, it's a sci-fi planet, so we got uh, big uh, other planets in the sky, you know, looming close. So we got the the, the cool sci-fi background. Um, very uh, cliche. Very silly. Very silly. But I'll take it. Oh, uh, one other thing I thought was neat. Uh, I made a mental note of it early on before we knew she was a clone or whatever else. I was thinking like, oh, man, like there's a bit of realism they missed out on is the wiggle your big toe like kill bill thing you know where it's like they didn't they didn't play up atrophy like mm-hmm. she's waking up from this cryo thing and like she can just move around but uh, i mean yeah we don't know the science behind the equipment at that yeah. point anyway so like i was like a eh, mental note for that but the fact that she was like a clone and she was being like regularly stimulated and it actually explains yeah. that away nicely so that was all yeah. just another yeah, thing that the they did think systems about. are designed to keep both her brain and her her body stimulated because that's that's one of the uh, when she's trying to figure out how to reroute power at one point she's like okay what about the one that keeps my muscles from atrophying it's like well yeah we can reroute that but uh once you get to where you're going your muscles will be so atrophied that you'll die within like a few days so (laughs) 
It's like, okay, so, uh, you know, not worth it. No, I, all of that stuff that there's some other stuff I, I, I'm with you or like in the moment, I was like, uh, is that something that they're overlooking? But it ended up being, nope, we just didn't have the context for it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of that stuff is satisfying. One last thing. Uh, music by Rob. He's our boy. boy. I gotta say, he's rock. Our boy. Every now and then, every now and then, every few months, we get a we get a music by Rob, and he's back. Uh, I thought the score was pretty good in this. It was okay, I loved it. Um, nothing. I I don't remember it very well. Yeah. I must say, but I remember uh, like the was, tension and being held in the moment. It's like, a, and... a unoffensive uh, sci-fi ambience, mm-hmm. so, which sounded like it, it did yeah. its job, and uh, and then some, like sure. supporting, yeah. supporting the movie. Music by Rob. Thank you for remembering that. We always gotta, <laughs> we always gotta drop some recognition on our boy Rob. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's rate this. I guess I will start. Uh, I thought this movie was pretty good. Not a masterpiece by any means, but. But uh, a, a good time, fun. Melanie Laurent is great. Her performance is fantastic. Really nice uh, drip feed of information. Good twists. Good revelations. Uh, I'm gonna give it a solid four out of five. Cool. Yeah, I am also gonna give it a four out of five. I think it does a lot with a little, and I'm always a sucker for well put together. Uh, single location movies and this movie does that very well Hmm. it has such a great constant drip feed of information and twists and reveals that it's constantly exciting and i thought the cinematography was really interesting in it lots of rotating shots and whatnot yeah we didn't really talk Um, about that good art design yeah the the plot is very cool the art direction is really great and uh it even gets a little visceral with all of the Things that she's pulling out of her body and yes. stuff. Um, overall, yeah, this is a fun movie. I would definitely recommend it. Four out of five. Man, I am. I'm really struggling between four point five and five for me. Like this is everything I could ask for in a film. Just about. I was just hooked the whole time. I was just really engrossed by it and uh, moved, you know, by it as well. And you know, like I, I, I like the the upbeat moments in in the film too like they uh and it was i found it to be really refreshing and it made the horror like much more horrifying i don't know like i i have few complaints i need to i really need to revisit i want to revisit it again and just see if i missed something and and get a better grip on the being by earth part because i i feel like (laughs) there is rationale to that like there has to be like it's everything else in that movie is so well thought out listen it's such a big thing if there's something there then it means that all three of us missed it which is a problem even if it is there i don't know because like even so like i'm able to explain it away like it is such a small thing to me like i think i think i'm still gonna give it a five i just i really really loved this movie like it was it was fucking great. It caught me off guard. I I think I like it more than Cube. I, I, Whoa, I really like this movie. That's I really like it, guys. Wow. Very wow. big. Okay, that's big. I love Cube. I love Cube, but <laughs> That is big. I think like intellectually this movie did a lot more for me. Like I was like constantly trying to figure out what was going on. You know, whereas in Cube, like you you never really find out like where they are or what. Like uh that's but, not what Cube but this is, about, is I know it's not. I know it's not. But like I, I, I felt yeah, I was just, I was really engaged by this movie. Well, that'll give Oxygen an average of 4.3 out of 5. Uh, definitely a resounding recommendation. Mm-hmm. Big one from Cleveland. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we are the pod people 
And this is a pod. And movie. And this is a pod movie. Yeah. Truly. No, absolutely. That's like, important. This is the the entirety of this movie does take place within yeah. a pod. You know, so. maybe my opinion will will change. Like when I'm when I'm less hot on it. You know, like, but uh, yeah, as of now, like, I, I feel I feel five. I, I, I do. I really like this one. I don't. You know. All right. Well, check it out. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, we did predict, we did this, predict one this one. Too. Okay, so why don't we so get some numbers? This is the second movie of the year we predicted. Um, wow. All the way midway through oh May. And we're yeah. only on the second well, we have one. We have four or five coming in coming the next yep. like couple weeks. So. Um, but anyways, Oxygen. Let's see. So I'll start with our collective rating predictions. TC predicted it would be a 3.8 between the three of us. Cleve, you predicted it would be a four. I predicted a three and a half. And it was a 4.3. So it looks like Cleveland yep. won that one. That's Cleves. Hey, uh, nice. And then for Rotten Tomatoes, TC predicted 48. Mm-hmm. Cleve, you predicted 50. I predicted six. The critics do not like my boy Alexander. Oh, well generally it turns out they they very much do this in movie this case, has nice. a 92 percent holy jesus deserved wow absolutely deserved awesome it's not Love my it's not my favorite asia movie but uh i guess it probably is the smartest so i guess it makes it makes the most sense this movie's also like was platform french yes yeah i man like it does have a lot of platforms. I like similar. I, I like this movie yeah. way more than platformed. Also, it is better than it is platform. way better than yeah. platform. Uh, I, I hope. I hope it gets as much recognition as platform did. Wait, so who won that one? Cleve. Cleveland did. Fuck yeah. yeah, out of fifty. Out of fifty. So Damn. yeah, we all, in the we board all, that time. Yeah. All right. What's so interesting about that is like ninety-two percent is pretty crazy. That's like that's high. That's, that's very high. That's higher than I think uh, Invisible Man got last year. Invisible Man was at like ninety one. Yeah, um, that's that is very high. I mean, it yeah. did just come out, so like, there's definitely room for it to skew downward as more people yeah. see it. I but... just pulled it up on Letterboxd, and the Letterboxd is three point two. So there's definitely a sort of discrepancy. The critics yeah, are loving I, this one. I was just looking at it on IMDb. Let me pull that back up and see. Yeah, it's got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Um, so I guess Litterbox and IMDb are uh, are a little bit more mid on it than Rotten Tomatoes. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, good, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad this movie is, is being oh, yeah. received Glad he's well. getting recognition. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. Um, I, I, I like that, so I'm, I'm happy. Okay, so uh, next week... Uh, it's going to be Ben's choice. Uh, ben is setting us up before a long run of new movies after that. But we're going to be talking about an oldie yeah, before that. A classic. A One classic. of my all-time favorite horror movies. A for great a, film. For a while, it was one of my... It was probably my favorite movie for a solid five or six years. A great film from a... Uh, immensely problematic filmmaker. Yes, yes. Uh, and that movie is yeah. Repulsion. By uh, Roman Polanski, noted pedophile Roman Polanski. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Yikes. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, 
Charlie Manson victim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, we're going to be talking about repulsion, Jesus. and we're going to be uh, likely doing a lot of separating the art from the artist. Uh, I haven't seen repulsion in a very long time. Um, I'm excited. Um, so tune back next week to hear our thoughts on repulsion. Cleveland, who is the show sponsored by this week? Uh, th- uh, this week is brought to you, uh, uh, directly, uh, oh. on, on the social network, uh, in yeah. your toenail flippers, uh, use, use, uh, chippers and dippers, uh, uh, smart toenail clippers, uh, now with Wi-Fi access. What are you dipping them in? Um, that's just the guy's name. Oh, okay. I mean, wait, you don't dip your, your clips? It you comes with a, a free I'm month. I'm dipping them in the, the, the World Wide Web. comes with a free month of clippers. Netflix uh, <laughs> on, on your chippers and dippers, toenail clippers. Yeah. So you can watch Oxygen uh, while you're clipping your toenails mm-hmm. uh, on your toenail clippers. Thanks, ch- chippers and dippers. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. If you like the show, hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice review. Just has to be a couple of words. Doesn't have to be nothing crazy. We very much appreciate it. We really do. You can follow us at Twitter, uh, at PodPeoplePod, and at Letterboxd.com slash PodPeoplePod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studio. Oh, fuck, I need to tweet today. It's a uh, Saturday. Anyway, um, uh, I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studio. Um, uh, as we put out progress on It Stares Back, uh, your strategy big world uh, uh, game of a horror thing and scary. <laughs> yeah, it good. There it, it good. Play game, please. Uh, play game. Uh, you can also find my work on ArtStation if you want to see some cool spooky paintings and such. Uh, just search Cleveland Mosier. I'll pop right up. Uh, and if you want uh, some things painted yourself, uh, I occasionally do commissions uh, these days. So uh, let me know. I'm pretty busy, so hop on it. But uh, that's all. I'll, I'll paint just about anything, but I might have to charge more for weird things. Um, but That doesn't know. mean you won't do them. I'm not though. above it. I'm not saying I'm not above it, but I, I will charge more. Uh, that's, that's all from me. All right. Well, thank you, as always, for listening. You can catch us again right here next week. And I know that's a long time to wait, but you'll be all right. Just breathe. <laughs>